Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Sermon Cast from Bethel Evangelical Free Church on Washington Island, Wisconsin. I'm Rick Smith, and I've been here at Bethel since 2016, enjoying this great church on this spectacular place off the northern tip of Door County, Wisconsin. This message comes from our Sunday morning service here on the island, and it's geared towards discovering what the Bible has to say to us in our everyday lives. So, God's blessing on you, and thanks for joining with us wherever you are today. Well, a guy was driving home one day, and he was going by a park, and he saw a Little League baseball game going on, and he decided to stop in and, and, and start watching the game, and, and he was by the first baseline, and, he, and one of the, the players was in front of him and says, hey, hey, what's the score? And uh, the young boy turns around with a big smile on his face, we're losing 14 to nothing. And, uh, and the guy was like, well, okay, you don't seem too discouraged by that. Why is that? It's like, well, we haven't even batted yet. <laughs> for, for this young boy, he knew that there's always still a possibility. Yeah, we've given up 14 runs, but we can score some too. And so, so sometimes in our lives, our perspective, well, that makes all the difference, doesn't it? I mean, we, we look at something and it'd be easy if you're going to see your baseball team play in the major leagues and they're down 14 to nothing in the first inning. It's like, oh, maybe we should just go home now. But uh, this boy is like, we still have a shot. We haven't even batted yet. We can still get going. In our lives of faith, sometimes we look at things and, and, and our perspective, well, it matters. Our attitude coming into it, it makes a difference with how we approach things and how we, how we attack what's next. We have been looking this summer at a, a series that, that I've been calling, If Jesus is the Answer, What's the Question? And Who's Asking? Because we, we talk about Jesus being the answer for the world today. We sing that song sometimes. We put that on billboards. Jesus is the answer. And, but what's the question? And, and the truth is, the question differs based upon particular people. We all come at this in different ways. We have been designed. We have different experiences, different ways of looking at the world. How we got to this place this day is, is entirely different one from the next. And, and so how we look at Jesus and the answers we're looking for, well, they're entirely different from one person to another. And, and so we've been looking at Jesus as an interaction with people in the Gospels and the different ways that they talk to him and they come to him and the, the concerns that they have. And, and as we look at these different characters, we're seeing that Jesus comes to them and sometimes, well, doesn't necessarily answer the question they're looking for but one that they need to hear the answer. Today we're going to look at a father, a father who has a 12-year-old daughter who all of a sudden is seriously sick, and he is desperate to see what can be done. Uh, what do you do when you have medical issues? In, in our country here, we, well, we'll go online on the internet and the uh, WebND, and we will just look things stuff up and discover with my symptoms, I have some disease that is usually only happens in Africa. <laughs> well, such is the way we look up stuff. <laughs> but eventually, we'll talk to a doctor, or we'll, we'll call up someone, and we'll drive there. But what if that's not an opportunity for us? What if, what if 
there's no hospital? What if we don't have a car? What if those things don't even exist? And, and that gives us a picture into the world of Jesus and the day and, and this father whom he interacts with. So if you have your Bibles, we're in Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 40. Jesus had been doing ministry for quite a while here. He had just come back from a, a ministry trip across the Sea of Galilee where he handled dealing with a demon-possessed man and, and, and talked with him and, and took the demons out of this man and sent them away and, and now returns back to where he started from on the other side of the, the Sea of Galilee. And, and people are waiting for him. Verse 40. Now when Jesus returned... A crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there, who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus replied. Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Oh. The dynamics of the story are, are pretty easy to grasp here, right? You have, you have a father and his only child, a 12-year-old daughter. Many of you have had 12-year-old children and know the delight that you have, but this is his only child, and And something's seriously wrong. And he comes to Jesus. Now Jesus had been away and he just has returned from this trip across the lake. And and so as he comes to this place, the people are waiting for him because they've heard about this guy. This is the guy who's been healing people. He's been driving out demons. He speaks with authority that we haven't heard anyone speak like before. This this guy is amazing. And and here he comes and... And you can almost picture in Jairus' mind and, and the, the, the agony and the anticipation and the, the concern of his wife or his, his daughter. She's dying. And, and here's this guy, Jesus. And, and, and I've heard a lot about him. Maybe he's heard him speak even sometimes. 
But now he's looking at them in a completely different way, with great need. And he, and he comes before him, and he falls on his, on his face in front of them. This isn't very dignified. He's a leader of the synagogue. He certainly, well, he's not a priest at the temple, or he's not one of the, the teachers in Jerusalem, but he's still a man of standing. He's, he takes care of the synagogue there and down, and, and, he, and he drops before the, him on the ground. Can you, can you imagine that? We don't do this kind of thing, even when we're concerned, unless we're filled with anguish, prostrate on the ground. Please, my daughter, help my daughter. And Jesus is like, okay. <laughs> and up they go. It's a bit different than the story we looked at last week. Last week we looked at the story of Lazarus. And, and when news came to Jesus that Lazarus was seriously ill, he hung around for two days and didn't do anything. And by the time he got there, his friend had died. But here he gets up right away. He says, okay, they're headed on their way. And, and, and they're off they go to, to Jairus' house. And, and the people are like, something's going to happen here. With anticipation, they're walking around so much so that it says that the, the, the crowd is crushing against him. Maybe you were here on Wednesday, which was July 4th. And, and you, maybe you were on Main Street and, and watching the parade that was going forth. Uh, the parade here is, is a little bit different than any other parade I've seen. <laughs> because in, in, in other parades, you have floats and you have things that kind of get strung out uh, over time. But, but, but here the parade starts and the, the, ch- the, the chief of police is in his car and he goes. And then there's the flags that come and there's a, a, a flute player and drummer. And, and, uh, and then there's Kirby Gunnickson right behind them yelling at the kids to make sure they don't pass and get in front of the, the flute player and the drummer. And, but then there's this whole mass of people that are behind, and, and they're crushed together. There's people on bikes and in, and in, and in carts and, and wagons and walking, and, and there's this crowd, and they just kind of come, and within seven minutes, they're gone. <laughs> and, and on some level, there's, there's, this is the kind of picture of, of, of this mass of people around Jesus, and they're all around him, and, and they're, they're heading to see something amazing because this guy does amazing things. And, and, and then there's this other woman, and, and she's going through something herself. And Jairus has a 12-year-old daughter, and, and this woman... She's had this bleeding problem for, well, for 12 years. For, for the entire length of this girl's life, this woman has had this problem. And, and, and this problem is something that, well, as well as being difficult, it also isolates her from society in a land where they had purity laws and regulations the, the fact of her condition caused her to be constantly unclean within culture, that, that she couldn't be around others. They, 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 they weren't supposed to touch her because that would make them ceremonial and clean. And she'd been going through this for 12 years, which on some level is like, okay, 12 years, 
can maybe wait 45 minutes or an hour. Uh, this girl's dying, but in her mind, there's Jesus walking by, and, and again, the crowd is crushing around. As I was watching that, that parade the other day to think about trying to cross the road during that time would be to get my heels run over by any number of people and bikes and all that. But, but she, she, in the center is Jesus, and and can you just picture her just weaving her way, pushing people out of the way, making everyone unclean. She touches, by the way, but finding her way, and then just touching the hem of his garment. And instantly, she knows she's been healed. And then she's just going to skulk away, thankful that this has happened But Jesus stops at that moment. He stops right there, and and the narrator has given us a clue as to what's going on, but the people around Jesus have no clue of what's going on. He just stops and says, who touched me? Peter's like, dude, there are like 20 people right next to you. Everyone's touching you. How can you even ask this? No, power has left me. Something has happened, and he stops. And there's Jairus, stops, maybe a little bit irritated because his daughter is dying, right? And Jesus stopped, but he stops and says, who touched me? And the woman knows, I'm not getting out of this (laughs) by just getting away. And she, she steps forward and says, it was me. It, and this is what's been going on for, for 12 years. I've had this condition. And, and as soon as I touched Jesus, it stopped. And Jesus turns to her and says, daughter, it is your faith that has healed you. Because somehow in her question of how is Jesus the answer for me, she's thinking, I just need physical healing and touch. I just, if I could just touch him and be healed with this thing, then, then everything will be fine. And, and somehow Jesus is saying, that's not enough. Yes, you needed this thing. But you need to know that when you come to me, I'm not a hit and run savior. I care about you. You matter to me. And, and so they identify. They share their story. And she knows that she is seen and heard as well as healed. It is her faith in Jesus that has healed her and has cleansed her. Well, then you got Jairus. And, and, and probably on some level, Jairus is like, Let's go. But then someone comes while Jesus is still even speaking, and they're not moving, and he says, your daughter is dead. He can't do anything. Let him be. This guy's worthless to us now. 
And Jesus turns to Jairus immediately. There's just this sense that he, he, he knows what exactly the, the distraught that Jairus was in in the first place. And now to hear that, that the child is dead and, and maybe, maybe if we didn't have to stop for this woman. But Jesus turns. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Your daughter's going to be healed. Well, now, there's a little bit of evidence that Jairus has. I mean, he did just heal this woman. And so if he says, well, okay, so they proceed on. And they head off to Jairus' house. And the mourners are there. This is part of the culture that the, to, to help people in the mourning and loss of of a beloved person, they come and they're crying and wailing, giving permission and, and space for people to mourn and wail this loss in their life. And as they, as they go into the room and everyone's out except for Peter, James, John, and the mother and father, and says, stop your wailing, she's not dead. <laughs> what do you know? We know dead. We know dead. She's not breathing. She, there's no pulse. She's She's dead, you idiot. And then he takes her hand, which is the second time within the course of this story that Jesus does something that's going to make him unclean. He's touched by the woman with bleeding condition and ceremonially now he's unclean because of her. And, and you don't touch a dead body, that makes you unclean within the culture that... Uh, it's even scriptural. You, this is, but, but Jesus grabs her hand and says, get up. And it says her spirit returns and she gets up. He said, well, give her something to eat. <laughs> She's been dead for a while. <laughs> give her something to eat. And the parents are astonished. Jairus' question for Jesus, the answer he was looking for Jesus to be was, save my, save my daughter from dying. Well, he didn't do that. But there was a test for him. Can you still have faith? Can you still come to this with faith, even though every indicator says it's too late? The questions we come to Jesus with very often are not the things we think we need. But Jesus says, there's more that you need than that. This woman needed to know that not only was she healed, but she was cared about, that she mattered as a human, as a person, that she had value. Jairus needed to know that there was more to this Jesus, that, that the circumstances having got even worse on their way to the house, Jesus still can handle this. And I think one of the interesting things that throughout all of this is, is this aspect of, of what Jesus does with well, the things that he shouldn't be doing. <laughs> to, be, to be touching this woman, and, and touching this dead body. 
he's been made dirty, it would seem. He's unclean now because he has done these things. And yet, because of his touch, the ill woman is now well. The dead girl is now alive. And, and I think instructive for us is to see that this idea of dirtiness is, is something that Jesus is willing to walk through on our behalf to care about us enough that the things that others might walk away from and have nothing to do with, he will do on our behalf because he loves us, because he wants us to see that there is life, but faith is needed for it. I had a high school friend named Dave. And uh, he was talking with me recently about some things he was experiencing in, in work. They had a new hire in his department. He works for this huge national chain, and, and uh, he works in, the, in, in their offices. And, and he does projects and those kind of things, does some data entry stuff and those kind of things. But, but there was this new hire. She was a, a younger gal, and, and uh, she was a go-getter, and she just liked to grab hold of things and... and Notice that she was like the projects he was assigned to and working on, she would just start doing them. And, and more and more, he found himself in a place where he didn't have much to do because this woman was taking all these things that he was supposed to be doing. And he was getting a little concerned about it. He had an idea for a project that would help them streamline some things and make things more efficient. And, and his boss says, okay, Dave, take care, take care of that and, and, and whatever you need to do that. Well, the next day, the... The, the woman comes, and she didn't answer to Dave's boss. She answered directly to Dave's boss, boss's boss. And she came in the next day and said, well, the boss's boss, he said he'd like me to take care of this and do this. And, and so Dave's like, okay. <laughs> and Dave's boss is like, oh, okay. I, you know, she's on a fast track here. Apparently, this, she's, she's a mover and shaker, and, and she's, she's got a destiny, and and, and, and so Dave's getting concerned. <laughs> Am I going to have a job here? And he comes in one morning and sees his boss and his boss's boss and, and this woman in a meeting together. And, and it's like, mm, and he's looking at his desk and I'm, I wonder how much longer I got to be here. And uh, they, 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 they met in there for quite a while and they were talking somewhat intensely, it seemed like, and, and uh, then Dave's boss says, Dave, come on in here. He's like, oh, this fast. <laughs> and so he, uh, he enters in, and, and he's uh, pretty sure he's getting a pink slip at this point. And his boss says, all right, here's what's going on. What she was saying wasn't true. <laughs> the boss he didn't ask her to do any of that. She was just taking all that on her own because she just wanted to, to prove that she could do stuff. And, 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 and Dave, this is, well, this is your project. This is your time to shine. And so go for it. And whatever you need to do to do this job, do it. Well, for Dave... This is, this is quite a, a change of direction, was it? I mean, he was thinking about what do I need to do? What, what boxes do I need to get, gather up my desk? Because I'm gone. 
to now the situation is entirely different. Sometimes in our lives, we, we think, I know what's happening. I know what's next. But sometimes it's not that way at all. How we walk with God, how we trust him, how we put our faith in him. We think we know what we need, but God knows. And one of the things he's calling us to do and and directing us to do is to trust him and believe. In whatever circumstances we find ourselves, to trust in him. Even though it's looking dire, is God still here? Can I trust him through this? It doesn't mean that everything happens for our benefits monetarily necessarily or promotion-wise. Maybe Dave was going to lose his job. What would be next? It would be to trust God, but... In this circumstance, it wasn't that at all. It was an entirely different scenario. Uh, Like this thing with the kid's picture in the front. We we see a portion of what's there, and we think, I know what's there. And maybe we do. Gideon did. (laughs) Christian didn't. (laughs) But God knows. And, And he may reveal it to us or not, but the call in all of this is for us to have faith in him, to trust in him, to listen to him. And, and whatever circumstances you are in, it's entirely different than the person standing next to you undoubtedly or sitting next to you. But God is in this. And we can trust him to walk through it with us no matter what's going on. And that's his answer. It may not be what we think the question is. But whatever our question needs to be, he still has this answer for us to listen to. Let's stand for closing prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you this this morning and we need ears to hear and eyes to see what you're doing around us. Give us eyes of faith to trust you with whatever's going on, whether it's difficulties health-wise or conflicts that we're enduring. Lord, you know what we're going through. Guide us. Help our unbelief to trust you through it. Lord, even if it means that we lose someone along the way, to trust that you're still there through it. And in all of these things, to, to come before you. It's amazing that you love us. It's amazing that you've created this world for us, given us the personality you've given us. Even these circumstances... Well, thanks again for listening. And to learn more about how you can connect with Bethel Community Church check out our website at islandbethelchurch.com or join us for a service Saturday night at 6 or Sunday morning at 1045. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.